to Discover Health, where we help you take control of your health so you can transform your life. Your host, functional medicine expert, Dr. Trish Murray, is on a mission to help every baby boomer age with dignity and grace. So hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Trish Murray. Welcome to Discover Health Podcast. And today, I'm so excited to be talking about fasting and your health with Dr. William Shu. Doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Murray. Uh, what an excitement to be on your show. Yeah, it's a joy to have you. So, Dr. Shu, let me read your um, bio for folks so that they can get a sense of your background, and then we'll get right into this whole concept of fasting and your health. So, Dr. William Shu, after 20 years, of a distinguished, distinguished career as an endocrinologist at Harvard's Jocelyn Diabetes Center. Dr. William Shu joined El Nutra in, nine, I'm sorry, in 2019 as chief medical officer. In his role, Dr. Shu leads the clinical development effort at El Nutra. He oversees the medical affairs department uh, and advances the education and adoption of fasting and the fasting mimicking diet as an innovative tool to extend human health span. Among his prior roles, he served as vice president of Jocelyn Diabetes Center, a teaching affiliate of Harvard Medical School, responsible for its international education and healthcare advisory programs. He served on multiple national level professional committees, including the American Diabetes Association, setting national standards of medical care in diabetes. His previous research interests focused on the pathophysiology of diabetes and the application of digital technology in chronic care. Dr. Shu went to Cornell University for college and received his medical degree from Mount Sinai School of Medicine. He completed his, his internal medicine residency training at Yale School of Medicine and completed his fellowship training in endocrinology and metabolism at Harvard Medical School. He was assistant professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School. That's a pretty impressive resume there, sir. <laughs> yeah, a little awesome. bit too long there. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's awesome. So what people really want to hear though, you know, Dr. Shu, is that, you know, what brought you to, what's your story and how did you come to be of service the way you are now? Well, that, that's a really good challenge. You know, uh, uh, all, all of my professional life, uh, I've always thought about like, how, how do we continue to expand our impact, right? So at first I found it in the, in the, in the clinical care. Once you close the door one-on-one -on -one with your patient, you're making impact one at a time. And then I say, well, you know, we gotta, we gotta go into research because that's where the frontier of medicine is. So I did about 10, 15 years of that. And then I realized, you know, uh, physicians, uh, they're too busy to read original research papers. <laughs> mm. So I say, you know, I got to get involved uh, with associations because once you get into the associations, you help to set national guidelines, then people could just follow the guidelines without reading the regional uh, articles, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And then uh, a little did I find out that uh, many of the clinicians are too busy to follow guidelines and it's too difficult. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's just, right? I mean, you can write your, uh, all the guidelines you want, but it's like, okay, you know, I'm going to practice the medicine the way I want to practice the medicine. 
So uh, I thought that I, I should probably get into building systems. And that's where uh, I was really fortunate enough at Joslin, uh, we had as many uh, at one time, almost every recall 37 different Joslin affiliates around the country. And so I participated in really setting the programs and trainings and then took on the role of international programs where uh, we helped to build hospitals, advise ministries health. So we trained and built systems for, for practitioners to practice it. And so I thought, wow, that's pretty impactful. Right? That's a, a global impact. <laughs> then I, and then, you know, the, 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 about, that was about maybe five years ago when there was a huge revolution on digital health. And I said, you know, look, I could build all the system I want, but how do patients receive care in between the visits? They're on their own. Mm-hmm. So I thought digital health really was the frontier that would allow us to extend the clinical care. And so I participate in, in a research uh, with MIT and we came up with a way to initiate and, and, and adjust insulin doses all from the, uh, the comfort of, of patients' home without ever going to the step into the clinic. And, and that was such a pioneering concept, but now with COVID, everybody, everything is done, telemedicine, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but it was great. I mean, that was a great journey. And then one day my, my friend, one of my friends uh, challenged me and say, well, you know what? You think you've done it all, but you, in fact, you haven't because <laughs> if you can come up with a new product, a product, a, a drug, a medicine, an approach, um, that product, product can, can help m- hundreds of millions of people. Think about that. Mm-hmm. And they say, you ought to look at this company and with this technology called the fasting mimicking technology. I'm like, what, what? say it again? Say fasting mimicking technology or the fasting mimicking diet. I say, well, what is that? <laughs> and I think, you know, they, I think uh, the rest is history, you know? And uh, so that's where I am. Uh, now I'm, leading clinical development uh, uh, at a um, nature tech company, much like a biotech company, where we were really using the rigor of biotechnology, try to bring nutrition into sort of the mainstream of medicine. And so that's been the focus of my effort in the last two years. Well, you know, like I said before, that's just so interesting. And some of the things I heard you say, first of all, the listeners love to hear this stuff. I mean, you know, that's what we all really want to know is what's somebody's story, you know, what brought you to where you are? So that thank you for sharing all of that. It shows us kind of how you led to where you are today. And what intrigued me about what you said is, first of all, how busy doctors are, but also how big busy patients are. And the idea of how do we really help people give them the tools that is going to make them take notice and take the time to say, well, wait a minute this is really gonna make a difference in my life. So I really wanna know what this is. So, you know, with that being said, let's talk a bit about fasting and your health. And can you explain, first of all, let's, let's talk with folks about what's the connection between nutrition, longevity and fasting? Because people have heard hey. of it. They think they have an idea of what fasting is and all, but how does it connect to our health? Yeah, so you, you think about like there are many behaviors in, 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 our, in our lives that, that are so commonplace, but we, we forget to, to see sort of the insights. For example, activities. You know, we have this special name called exercise, 
But when in fact, you know, all throughout history of any organisms, animals or humans, right, we have always been focused on moving about, right? Because that's how we hunt. This is how we gather. This is how we are able to feed ourselves. So, so now we have this special name called exercise, right? Where oh, it's supposedly be so good for you. Of course, because this is part of the mechanism, how we have adapted to the environments for however millions of years we believe we, we have existed. Think about that. Fasting is just like that, right? If you think about fasting, it's a new term, but it's actually been practiced in every organism, every animal <laughs> in the history of humanity, every religion, every people group in the world, right? It's always part of someone's tradition. So why is that? You think about it, like the fasting is really, um, a lot of people think about it as interruption to feeding because like, oh, I can't eat today, I got to fast. Well, okay, as if that's like that's such a big deal. You know, may, maybe another way to think about it is really fasting is really, or, or is really, um, or, or maybe another way to think about this is that feeding or eating is really interruption to fasting. Mm -hmm. Right? Throughout a 24-hour cycle, most of the time we ought to be fasted. Only a specific time we're interrupting the fasting with, with, with eating. <laughs> but, but we as Americans, we're, we're, we have, we're, we're prosperous, we have a lot of resources, we have a lot of food. I mean, in fact, we, we do eat around the clock. And, and that's what I think is the cause for many of the health conditions that we face today, right? Uh, Americans die, 80, 80, probably 87% of Americans die of a preventable, a non-communicable disease. And much of that have, have to do with foodborne illness. But what I mean by that is, isn't like food poison, but I'm talking about overnutrition, right? Excessive nutrition. And so it's Ooh. time for us to really to look at fasting with a new lens. This is an interesting angle something that's part of us, that's been built into our adaptive mechanism throughout all the ages. And now science has just begun to uncover many of the secrets of fasting and how that can help the body. Well, it's so true. I mean, it's such a wonderful thing to get people to think about in the essence of, you know, break, break breakfast, you know, break the fast. And the idea that really, Again, we fast for longer than we eat, obviously. And what's changed, of course, over time and in the Industrial Revolution and things was the fact that abundance and the Western world or more the countries that are wealthier actually have more chronic disease than the, the third world countries do. Yeah, and the idea yeah. of, you know, one of the biggest killers or causes of chronic medical conditions, the typical hypertension, diabetes, autoimmune conditions is what? Metabolic syndrome. Metabolic syndrome, I've done podcasts on folks and the idea that really insulin gets, we get resistant to the insulin and then you get the problems of the modern era with chronic disease. So abundance, wealth, and the idea of eating all of, like you said, all around the clock is not optimal for our health. And the idea of fasting is something maybe we need to really make sure we circle back to in order to help. Now, why? Why is fasting yeah, so yeah. good for us? That's a, that's a very good question. Um, 
So uh, our understanding really came from simple organisms. So, you know, that's where science always go to. When we want to understand complex mechanisms in humans, we go to uh, simple organisms. So I'm gonna use a very common organism, the yeast, uh, as a way to explain this, okay? So, so let's say, you know, yeast, right? They exist in, in, in kind of in the, in, this, in the environment. You could kill yeast by adding hydrogen peroxide, right? So the, these are something that, that could kill, right? Because of the, the stress, the oxidant stress that, that, that causes to the yeast. You generally can kill yeast with a, a normal concentration of hydrogen peroxide. But think about this. If the yeast fasts or, or do not see food for over two, three days, and you add hydrogen peroxide, what happens? It doesn't kill the yeast anymore. It, it takes even a higher concentration of the hydrogen peroxide in order to kill the yeast because the yeast cell, right? It's a, it's a single cell organism, right? When it senses that there's no food coming in, it goes into a different mode called the protective mode. Some people call it the stress resistant mode, right? And, and so thereby, because it knows it's not time to grow, it's not time to reproduce, what is the time for? It's time to protect because there's no food coming in. It's time to rejuvenate because that's the time you got to recycle some of the worn out, older cellular components for new ones. So it could re re rejuvenate itself. And that is during the time where there's no nutrients coming in, right? It's almost like, you know, if you think about um, a family's finance, right? There's no new income coming in, right? For the next day or two, it might be okay. But if you go for a week, then you say, hey, there's no income for the next week. They say, oh, we're going to do something. We're going to change our buying pattern. But what if income doesn't come in for the next month? You're going to say, oh, we got to do something. we got to save. we got to recycle. Uh, let's make do of something that, that, that we thought, you know, we used to throw it away, but now let's, let, let's be creative. That's what the cells do. Okay, similarly, looking at a higher organism uh, animal like like a, 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 um, a rodent, right? That's what we often use in the laboratory. When you think that depriving the rodent of nutrients, the, the rodent might become weaker, right? Because there's no nutrients. But in fact, surprisingly, it lives longer, 30% to 60% longer than if you were to feed it every day. Why is that? So it turns out, that at least on, on, on the, in the animal level, on the animal level, when you turn off those nutrient sensing mechanism, meaning that when the cells do not sense food coming in, it does turn on those stress resistant pattern, right? That, that, that mode. And it turns out those mode that, that the cells go into when, when there's a lot of, when there's no food around, also turns out to be the pathways that supports healthy aging. That's where the nutrition and fasting and longevity really gets connected. Now, we've seen this in higher level organism. In fact, th the same mechanism is conserved from yeast to flies, to rodents, to rodents, to mammals. I think the big question for us today and where science needs to answer is what happens to, to human, right? When humans fast, what happens? I think over the last 10 years, there've been increasing number of new literature research asking that question, what happens to humans when we fast? So uh, there, there are a couple of really top line summary 
if, if this is a good time to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. One is that we know fasting alone, we have to be very careful, right? Because just think about it, you know, fasting, just to doing fasting cannot be the only answer. Otherwise, look, 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 look at our, our, our sort of human history. You know, every region of the world has gone through famines, starvation, periods of starvation. <laughs> if fasting alone is the good thing, then after every starvation, people's lives should have become, health should have gotten better, longevity should have gotten better, right? But it just didn't happen that way, right? Why? Because now we're beginning to, to realize, because we're so complex, fasting has its benefits, but it's got to be done right, mm -hmm. right? So that's really step one is that with all the, you know, a lot of popularity about fasting right now, people often forget, just like exercise, you cannot exercise 24 hours a day. That would not be good for you. So it turns out it's really the 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 alteration between fasting and then refeeding the proper refeeding that is really the key to better health right much like when you exercise what are you doing you're pulling apart the muscle fiber allowing it to heal so the healing time is very important so the rest between exercise is as important as exercise the nourishment around that is also very important same thing with fasting we're beginning to understand that it's not the, the kind of a blanket statement that fasting is all good for you, but you have to understand your health. You have to understand what is right for you. You also have to understand is really the, the combination of fasting and the right feeding done in the right interval, done in the right intensity, right? That is good for you. You know, and that, that Shu, I hear that a lot from patients in the essence from the analogy of they say to me, you know, I know what I should do, but I'm just not doing it. And, and it, it always interests me when I hear patients say that, because to be honest, it's like you have an idea of what we should be doing, but there's so much information out there to be learning about what really is the physiology and what you're talking about now is how do we properly fast? And then how do we properly break the fast or yeah. keep ourselves doing it right? So what steps should listeners take to begin fasting and do it properly and particularly for longevity? Yeah, I think step number one is that uh, to, to realize that fasting is different than just eating low calories. I think that there's a lot of misconception out there thinking, oh yeah, you know, I, I fast all the time. I just eat, you know, a couple hundred calories a day. That, that is not a fast. Okay. What I mean is that if the com composition of what you're eating, even though it's only a couple hundred calories, but if your body is able to sense those nutrients, then, then the cells are going to say, oh, you know, there's no signals of, of fasting because the nutrients, I can still sense nutrients. So I'm still going to grow. I'm just grow less. Right. And so it doesn't put, it's like, you know, you, you still have money coming into the bank. It, it, it's not as much as last year, but there's still revenue coming in. You're not, it's not going to change your lifestyle. Okay. You just incur more, 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 you carry more balance on your credit cards. It, it doesn't, it, it's the stress of fasting. So there is a difference between low calorie diet and fasting. Okay. But it's also uh, important to realize that uh, fasting doesn't have to be done 
very, very frequently, right? So that's another amazing thing. Yes, we, we, we hear about intermittent fasting where it's done every day, right? That's just short period of fasting. What I'm talking about is what I call the periodic fasting, right? These longer fasts that, are, that, are, that have been shown to, to improve support uh, uh, health um, it, it is in, in all the traditional fasts that, that people have done in religion, in culture, that typically have been longer fasts. Those fasts don't have to be done very often. Why? Because it's the stress, right? It's the stress of fasting that causes your, your body to respond to it. And then you have to allow time for the refeeding to take place so that yin and yang can be comp, comp, sort of complement each other, right? And, and so, so step number one is, especially for those who say, oh, I know what to do, but I just can't do it. It's the, the good, there's good news for you. These kind of periodic fasting, I'm talking about these prolonged fasting, you don't have to do it very often, okay? And, and in fact, you know, when you do it too often, you're depleting body too much of the elements, right? You could do it periodically. That's why we call periodic fasting. So how frequently would you recommend and how many days, for example, are we talking about? Yeah, it's really difficult to, to put a, a blanket statement, right? But generally we, we know, for example, one of the key process of fasting is called autophagy, right? I think your listener probably have heard about that. Autophagy is a process where uh, the cells are recycling some of the components, the old worn out components for new ones, that recycling process. The autophagy process had, you know, the description of that mechanism won the Nobel Prize in 2016 by Professor Osuki in Japan. That process doesn't get triggered unless you really fast for probably more than two days in humans. It, it probably gets started as early as 24 hours in rodents, but now we're beginning to see, you know, that full-fledged autophagy process probably even doesn't even begin you know, if, if the fast is too short, namely about a, a day or so. So most of the intermittent fasts, I have a lot of doubts as to whether they, you know, can cause autophagy in humans, okay? Because most of the data actually came from animals. And, and so now, so, so, so I think, you know, at least you got to do, do two, two to three days, right? As sort of a short, shorter uh, fast that could trigger autophagy. That much we know. Right. Anything lower than that, you it probably would be really good for weight loss, probably good to support your metabolism. But in terms of sort of the, the deep cellular impact or supporting healthy longevity uh, lifestyle, it probably is going to require a fast that's a little bit longer, probably more than two, two days or three days. The question, obviously, is, wow, that's really difficult to do. Right. Think about it. I mean, <laughs> Dr. Maria, you and I, you, you, we remember if we go to a medical conference and the conference that, that if they happens not to feed us, we complain. <laughs> Even as a physician, right? I was like, what? There's no food? This is a terrible conference. I mean, think about how we're used to eating a couple of meals a day. The idea of just water fast for a couple of days is really challenging. And this is where... You know, uh, Dr. Walter Longo, who was a professor at USC, you know, over his career, 20 years of, uh, of his career, he was trying to overcome this problem, right? He, he realized that there's a lot of good about fasting that people cannot do. It's not a pragmatic solution. So he discovered this, the, the, the path, molecular pathways that intersects nutrition, 
uh, fasting and longevity. And so he actually invented uh, a product called the fasting mimicking diet. This product was actually sponsored through the NIH, through the National Institutes of Health with you know, over $30 million of, of federal funding to come up with a solution. And so this, the fasting mimicking diet is meant to give you many of the benefits of a prolonged water fast without you having to fast without food for a number of days. And so that's where uh, I have the privilege of really taking through the, the product through many of the research and development cycles uh, to, to make it applied to different people in different situations. So I, I definitely wanna hear more about this and people do about the fasting mimicking diet and what that exactly looks like. But I guess the one thing I would say is, is uh, you know, in the cognitive decline world, in the longevity world, you know, the intermittent fasting and the idea of, you know, 12 to 15 hour fast every, every night is definitely got its place. Absolutely. And has shown significant improvement in people's cognitive abilities as far as decreasing hypertension, high Absolutely. cholesterol, and helping with, you know, what we talked about earlier of the wealth and abundance has led us down the path of, you know, chronic disease. So we don't want people to say, oh, good, I don't have to intermittent fast anymore. <laughs> it's, it's let's make sure everybody realizes the importance yes. of that. And let me clarify a little bit. I think there are two different tools if you think about that, right? Right. Because, I mean, look, not everybody can run, you know, five miles per day. Okay. Intermittent fast can be done on a daily basis, right? Maybe you want to do it for, you know, 12-12 is kind of the what everybody should be doing, right? right? I mean, look, beyond 12 hours, you should not be eating, period. Okay. But but as 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 more, the more you're pushing the fasting period, 14-10, 16A, 18-6, that means you're creating more stress to the body, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're fasting 18 hours and only eat six hours, some people even do 24. I mean, that's really difficult. So, so that's where I think the balance between you want to give people the body a lot of stress so that the cells would respond to that. But at the same time, should you be doing that every day for 365 days? I think the answer is if you have metabolic goals that you want to go for, then you can intensify that fasting, intermittent fasting with longer hours. But once you reach the goals, you don't want to be doing that every single day because it's going to come at a cost, right? It's like somebody says, oh, I need to exercise eight hours a day. Good for you. Okay. But, you know, how long can your body last, right? If you continue to do that every day without rest. And so the concept of, of, of really think through what intermittent fasting and how many hours you want to do is one, one area you want to think about. And two, number two is, with these periodic fasting that I'm talking about, longer period of fasting, right? You may only need to do it once a month, maybe once every three months, depending on your situation. They can bring a lot of the benefits to your body, right? Without having to be, having to make a commitment to a lifestyle every single day. They're tools in two different buckets. And I think we should use them to our benefits. Okay, another question before we get into the details of the fasting mimicking diet would be, you know, as you said, with exercise, you're not going to suggest to a couch potato to go run a 
marathon, you know, and, and so someone who obviously has been a runner throughout the last 10 years of their life, but they usually do 5Ks or, or, you know, a little longer than that might be able to train and prepare within a, you know, a reasonable amount of time for a marathon. So is this something where you would say to someone with, you know, the typical American multiple three or more chronic diseases to dive right into? Or is this something they should do some intermittent fasting and prepare for? What would you suggest? Dr. Murray, you position it quite well here. I, I think it could be a matter of sequencing too, right? If you never fasted before and you have some conditions, it's probably not safe for you to fast for a prolonged period of time. Start with intermittent fasting, right? And in fact, start with a, with, with a shorter window. Don't start fasting 18 hours. Start fasting 12 hours, maybe 14 hours. See how your body responds to it. And, and you already could uh, reap some benefit. I think the point I'm trying to make is let's be very clear that intermittent fasting and periodic fasting, they do have different benefits, even though they both can be very good for you. Okay, so what, what steps should listeners take to begin fasting for longevity? Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, the concept is shifting, right? For years, our debate has always been what do I eat? What do you eat? What, what does the government say we eat? What does the association say we eat, right? It's always like the debate, like what do we eat? Now the debate is really switching a little bit more to what time do we eat? What pattern do we eat? With placing less emphasis on the substance. Now, sure, you don't want to eat junk during the times you want to eat, right? And that's common sense. But I think I think we're getting a little bit more sophisticated now. It's not just simply how much you're eating or what you're eating, but also the timing have a lot to do with this, right? Let's say if you are able to restrict all your eating in, a, in an eight hour window, 10 hour window, what you're saying is that you will allow the body to clean itself for the 14 hours, to rest itself, to get rid of some of these stuff. And also by the virtue of not eating during those whatever 16 hours that you're not, you're not eating, that means you're also eating less during the time of the eating window. So it makes a lot of sense. And so that's certainly a good place to start. All right, that's awesome. So let's get into it then. So what does the fasting mimicking diet look like? And what's the science and the clinical application of this? Yeah, so the fasting mimicking diet, as I mentioned, the historically, it was really a diet plan. It's a five-day diet plan designed to help people to take on a fasting journey because fasting on water alone, it's really difficult for most people, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so um, uh, Professor Longo uh, has taken the knowledge of molecular medicine in human physiology, designed this, this structural meal plan. Essentially, it's a five-day meal plan. Within the five days, you just eat the stuff that comes in the box and they're, they're really grouped by the, by the day, day one, day two, day three box, four or five. And you don't eat anything else uh, outside of this box. The box is inside, the food inside the box is scientifically formulated to provide enough nutrients to the body, but the composition and the combination actually uh, of the food actually evade the, the, the cell's ability to detect them as nutrients. So in other words, let me, in plain language means it tricks the body. The food tricks the body to think that, oh, there's no food when in fact you're providing nutrients. 
this sounds really amazing, right? It sounds like, uh, um, but it really it's really based on a different definition of fasting. And let me just go go there for a second. A lot of people always think about fasting means no food, right? But we also know that there is another level, right? Let's say if you don't give carbohydrate and you just give fat, what happens? The, the body actually burns the fat, right? It produces ketone like you're fasting, but it's not exactly because if you're eating protein or eating a lot of sugar, the cells are still recognized nutrients. Oh, protein is there. Amino acids are there. You know, glucose is there. Carbohydrates there. I, I can't stop growing. I still, I still have that signal of growth. Rather than going to that protective pathway, I'm still in the growth pathways. Mm -hmm. That is the difference. So, but then if you go further to look at the molecular definition of fasting, that means how do the cells know what's fasting? Well, it's when these ears and eyes are the cells that senses the nutrients, when they say there's no food, then the cells go into a fasting state. And so as long as you give nutrients that, that fall below the detection threshold of these ears and eyes of the cells for nutrients, that you can actually nourish the body at the same time, keeping the cells in a fastest state. And what, what's the makeup of proteins, carbohydrates, fats of, of what's in? Yeah, there, there's, a, there's <laughs> a lot of science around that. Uh, and certainly... Um, the, the composition, to, to speak you know, in a gen, generic terms here, the composition is rich in plant-based uh, uh, fats. So these we know, animal fats and plant-based food fats are very different. So these are all uh, plant-based fats taken from premium ingredients of macadamia nuts and almonds and so on and so forth. And then um, the carbohydrate are a complex carbohydrate with rich fiber so that the nutrient that goes into the body gets absorbed very slowly. So it doesn't activate these nutrient sensors inside the cells. And then there are very specific amino acids comp composition in there where it's gonna evade the cell's ability to, to, to detect nutrients and therefore uh, helping the cells to go into a fastest state for five days. And that's really the trick. Uh, and we call it the fasting mimicking diet technology. So what does this look like for someone who just, okay, someone's interested and they're, they, they want to learn more, but then they want to do this. Do yeah. you do something to prepare and then go yeah, in? The good thing is it's really- and How do you uh, get out? <laughs> it, it, both are easy. Both the entry and the leaving and the exit, it, it, it's quite easy. So uh, there's no preparation needed. I mean, this whole concept of the fasting mimicking diet prepares somebody's body. First day is a little bit higher calorie, and then there are substances in there to help you to make that transition from carbohydrate burning into fat burning. And then from day to day five, it's lower calories um, with the right composition. So your body stays in autophagy uh, from day two to day five, you know, with beginning of day two, day three, as the cells enter into autophagy and stay there for about three, four, five, fifth day. And, uh, and so that, that five day, all you need to do is add water. There are soups, there are bars, there are vitamins in there. There are specific um, uh, glycerol drinks that supports the bodies so that the body would not break down muscle to be, to be used as a fuel. So all these are very well scientifically uh, designed to do this. Over 300,000 people have used this product worldwide. 
And so in, in, in numerous uh, clinical studies have shown its, its uh, safety and efficacy profile. So each day you get this box and in the box is different information and things that you're going to ingest and it tells you when and how long and is there a certain time span in which you again ingest the things in the box? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we understand that uh, for most people, you know, reducing their calories, switching away from their normal diet is already a challenge. So there is no restriction on how many hours you have to consume the diet. I think, um, you know, if people wanted to time the street eating on top of that, go ahead, but it's not necessary. Okay. And then at the end, before you spoke about, you know, what's really important is breaking the fast and getting back into your regular routine in the right way. So is yeah. there a particular way to do that? Yeah, that's a really important question. I think, you know, after five days, right, your sixth day through the 10th day is a really critical uh, moment. You think about it. I mean, basically we've, we've, we have kind of squeezed all the water out of the sponge, uh, you know, figuratively speaking, right, from our body because you go through this five days of fast. Even, even though we're giving you nutrients through the fasting diet, it's still not going to be your, your daily nutrition, right? So from day six to day seven, it's very important that we start easy because the GI system has fasted for a couple of days now, right? So you really do want it to start with, you know, something simple, plant-based for the first day or so. But from second day on, I mean, you certainly don't want it to give huge amount of animal protein. I mean, your body has just gone through this cleanse. You don't want to pollute the body again, right? So the second day, if you want to start with fish, lime meals, and, and then, you know, uh, for, the, for the next couple of days, get organic if you can. This is, your, this is when your body is so, so hungry for everything. Everything you put in it, including the toxin, is going to be sucked up, all right, very efficiently because of, of the fasting period. This is the time to treat your body, to nourish your body with clean, nutrition food. You know, this is uh, the, the most common question, actually, for, for a lot of the prolonged user or the fasting mimicking diet user after the five days of, the, of that experience is what do I eat now? Because after five days, it, it changes your perception of food. It changes your relationship to food. Think about for, for, for unteen years, you know, you're addicted to a certain kind of flavor or food. Five days without it, you're like, wow, your brain is retrained, is rewired. It's like, oh, well, you know, I'm no longer like craving for that, all right? And, 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 uh, and so people's behavior also changed. We have surveys done looking at people finishing prolong. They feel that they have more control of their, their appetite. They want to begin to take charge of their health. And so, in fact, this could be a great kickstart, uh, especially now we're, where I don't know where we are in the pandemic, seriously. <laughs> I was going to say we're coming out of it. And then I say, well, maybe, maybe not so, so quick. No. But I think this, this can be a good time for us to kickstart our health uh, with, with a fasting mimicking diet approach. Yeah, I mean, uh, folks in the foundational functional medicine concept definitely use what's called that comprehensive elimination diet to try and help people detox and then identify what food triggers or sensitivities they might have through a systematic rechallenging after an elimination diet for let's say 21 days. I've used that for years with people. And as we do it, we do it for so many reasons. But one of the other reasons is, as you said, to shift the brain and shift the lifestyle. It's sort of a 
whoa, now I can't go back to where I was. Yeah. I need to shift. So it sounds like this might be even for folks that have done the elimination diet and are now looking, because I always recommend to folks at least a couple times a year do that are that are healthy and, and ready to do this, go into some form of a detox and a cleanse. So it sounds like, you know, a couple times a year, this could be the avenue in which people use. Now, one other question though, is what about water doing these five days? Is there, you know, is it, Unlimited is is any of that have a, it is, a, a rule to it? In fact, we encourage uh, fluid intake, right? Because right. you're not eating a lot, you got to drink a lot of fluid. That in fact, you know, some of the headache people experience part of it's caffeine withdrawal, part of it's just dehydration, right? During fasting period, it's important to keep hydrated. There's uh, no no problem. Yeah, that goes without saying. Absolutely. So. Wow, Dr. Shu, this is really, really interesting. If people are wanting to learn more, where can listeners find more information and, and find out more about this fasting mimicking diet? Yeah, I, I know that uh, you, you have a curious uh, listening crowd. And so I'll share th um, three resources. One is if you are interested in the product, you want to learn more about the product, you could go to Prolon, P-R-O-L-O-N, ProlonFMD.com. That's where you're going to get a lot of the, the sort of, uh, you know, the description of the product. Um, uh, for uh, general knowledge about fasting, uh, there's a great website called fasting.com. Uh, it's, uh, it's a site where there is just a whole lot of knowledge about fasting. A lot of people are sharing uh, sort of expertise on, on, on that platform. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, sort of uh, focus articles on different ways of fasting. So that's a good website to go for general fasting knowledge. And for the company that makes Prolon, the FMD, you want to understand our technology, our science, our commitment, you can go to l-nutra, that's n-u-t-r-a.com. Awesome. So that idea of the product is the Prolon FMD, fasting mimicking diet, fmd.com. Excellent. All right, well, thank you so much for this, Dr. Shu. It's very intriguing, this idea of, of the fasting mimicking diet. I'm going to have to, I haven't done it before yet. I have heard of it and been interested to learn more. So this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Murray. So the last question I always like to ask everyone, I have a feeling I might know how you're, what line you're going to take is what number one secret for living a healthy life would you share with the audience? Wow, that's a, that's a challenging question because I have many lines. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but I would say that um, I, I think um, knowledge is, is essential, but it is not sufficient to change our health. Most of us know what to do. We just can't do it. And so, so my, my personal take is uh, you, you got to keep that, that joy of the heart. I think that mental health, that motivation is key. It's not the knowledge. It's not even the determination, right? It's, it's where your heart is. You know, keep that motivation. Keep that fervent for life. That 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 uh, enthusiasm for life. That joyful heart. I think that drives all the health behaviors. So maybe I'll leave that with your with your audience. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I thought you might go down the fasting path, but <laughs> fasting comes immediately second. But you yeah. have to have the motivation to do it. But I couldn't agree with you more that if your heart 
and you don't have joy in your life, then, then what do you have? <laughs> so thank you so much for that. That's awesome. Thank, so Dr. You, Chu, thank you for joining us and thank you for teaching us about fasting and your health. Take care, everyone. Discover Movement will enhance your mobility, build strength, improve balance, and enable you to move with confidence and ease. To register, please visit our Discover Health online shop at members.discoverhealthfmc.com. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the episode and the Discover Health Functional Medicine Center, visit us on our website, discoverhealthfmc.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and will join us again next time so you can truly live and play as long as you want.